good morning, church. Welcome. Welcome to this uh, worship service today. And we feel so appreciative that you're able to join us, those who are in our sanctuary with us today, and those who are watching us by way of the internet. We are truly grateful that you are able to join us today as we worship our true Lord and Savior uh, on this wonderful occasion. And then we also are reminded today, through the rain, that God, our, our Lord, does bless us so bountiful, so freely, as showers of blessings, that more so than we can even count. Amen? Amen. So let's always be mindful of that. Our call to worship today is taken from the 46th chapter of Psalms, verses 1 to 3, and it reads, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. Amen. Our God is with us, no matter where we are, no matter what the circumstances, our God is with us. Please bow with me as we open in a word of prayer. Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, dear God, again, with truly thankful hearts, we come into your presence today. Thank you, dear God, for this another opportunity, a privilege that we have to be able to join together as your children, to fellowship and to worship and to praise your holy name. Thank you, dear God, for how you continue to shower us with your love, your grace and your mercy each day. For your word that you provide to us, dear God, that gives us comfort, that gives us peace, and it gives us the knowledge and understanding that we need to live a life that's pleasing to you, Heavenly Father. And dear God, we remember, though, Heavenly Father, that we are indeed a needy people, and sometimes we fail you. So dear God, we seek forgiveness. We ask you, dear God, forgive us for the times that we have failed you, for the things that we've left undone, and for the things that we've done that we should not have. As an individual, as a church, even as a nation, Heavenly Father, we, we plead your forgiveness so that indeed our worship and our praise can come from hearts that are pure and from hands that are clean. So thank you, dear God, again for this opportunity. And as we head into our service, I pray that you settle our hearts and our minds, that you remove any distractions that may be for us. May we be able to focus on the service today, that we would be able to give you truly the honor and the glory that you so rightly deserve. Thank you again, dear Father. Be with us now in a special way. This is my prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Pastor Anton. Good morning. Good morning. Today is known as Reformation Sunday, a day when Christians around the world remember that on October 31st, 1517, the Augustine monk, Martin Luther posted his 95 complaints against the Roman Catholic Church on the door of the Cathedral of Wittenberg, Germany. The Protestant Reformation was born. The three main tenets of the Reformation were, one, the reestablishment of the scriptures, two, clarifying the means of salvation, and three, the restoration of congregational singing. The Protestant Reformation put worship 
and the word back into the hand of the people. We owe our heritage of standing as a congregation and singing God's praise to the reformers like Martin Luther, who suffered great persecution for their convictions. Martin Luther wrote, I wish to compose sacred hymns so that the word of God may dwell among the people by means of songs. When we sing the great text of A Mighty Fortress is Our God, we do proclaim some of the great foundational truths of God's word, and we need to do so. We need to repeat the words that remind us that in a world that threatens to undo us, God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The name used for Jesus in Luther's great hymn is Lord Sabaoth, which means the Lord of hosts, which appears twice in Psalm 46, the psalm which inspired Martin Luther's great hymn. And he is the commander-in-chief, that is Jesus. He is the commander-in-chief of the angelic armies. He is the Lord who has already conquered death. He has conquered Satan, and he has indeed risen victoriously, and he reigns on high. That Lord is the one whom we worship when we sing this hymn this morning. And so I invite you to stand and let's sing the hymn of the Reformation, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and let's praise him who is our refuge and strength, who is our very present help in trouble. Fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, a helper he amid the flood, a mortal ills prevailing, for still our ancient foe God seek to work us Triumph through us. The 
God's people said. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Pastor Anton and praise team for that encouragement. It's always good to um, remember some of these teachings, uh, lest we forget. Amen. Uh, just before our pastoral prayer, there's a few announcements I'd like to make. Um, we are still making requests for God stories, the echoes of Calvary radio broadcasts. Um, the need is still there. So if you would like to be a part of this ministry, which goes out to the whole country, it's an opportunity for you to share what God has done in your life and, and, and the story of how you've come to know God. Um, if you are very interested in, in, in doing that, please contact the church office, uh, 326-0800, and uh, we'd be willing to um, meet you, to work with you, to be able to put that together. It is an encouragement for many folks who listen to the Echoes of Calvary, and we would appreciate um, for those who are able to participate in this ministry. Uh, next, uh, the church office. Just a reminder, the church office is still open every, every day of the week from 9 a.m., to 1 p.m. for for op regular operations. If there's needs, you can call in. Uh, please be reminded of that. Uh, next, we have mini church. We still have mini church planned to start on the second Sunday in November, which is the eighth. Um, we've been sending out notices for those who are interested in becoming a, a mini church, whether it's for the first time or continuing. Please contact the church or even myself. Uh, the information will be provided. Um, but yeah, please do so. This is a great ministry that we're able to continue to uh, fellowship and keep in contact with each other. And due to the pandemic, it will now be done via Zoom and remote means. It won't, won't be done uh, in individuals' homes like normal. So we are finding ways that we can continue these ministries, and we'd appreciate if you want to be involved, please feel free to, to let us know that. Amen. Uh, so at this time, uh, we're going to have our pastoral prayer. So if you'd uh, please bow with me as we go before our Lord and Savior. Uh, most gracious and heavenly Father, dear God, again, we come before your presence. Thank you, dear God, again, for this privilege and, yes, this opportunity that we have to make our needs known to you, Heavenly Father, knowing that you are indeed attentive to our cries, knowing, dear Lord, that you love us beyond measure, and knowing, Heavenly Father, that regardless of what we can see, we know that you are working out everything in the best of our interests, Heavenly Father. For this, we are truly thankful and we are grateful, dear Lord. And dear God, to, be, to bring some of the, the needs that have been uh, made to us, we uh, think right now of our leaders in this nation, Heavenly Father, the Prime Minister, the ministers, all the members of Parliament. We just bring them before you, dear God, in a special way, even at this time as many of them are in quarantine due to the virus. We pray for their safety. We pray for their well-being, Heavenly Father. We pray most especially, dear God, that these men would look towards you, Heavenly Father, for guidance and for wisdom in terms of how they make the decisions to, to lead this country forward in, in such a time as this. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you keep them safe and their families as well in these difficult and challenging times. We think also of our essential workers, those who uh, have to continue to work in, in this time, those uh, police officers, dear God. We think of um, our medical personnel, doctors and nurses, our workers in the grocery stores, Heavenly Father, our gas station workers. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that you continue to keep them safe and protected as well, that you would continue to minister to them, and, and that if they are, should fall sick or ill during this time, dear God, that you would keep them safe. We thank you, dear God, for the services that they provide, and, and we pray that they would feel the appreciation and love 
for what they do. Uh, we thank Heavenly Father again right now for those who have been affected by this virus, those who have um, contracted it, and those who have gotten over it. We pray for their well-being. We pray for their safety. We pray for their healing, Heavenly Father. We pray to God that they would feel your presence near, knowing that you are never far from us, Heavenly Father, even in the darkest of hours. We pray to God for those who are caretakers and family members who are watching over those who are not well. And we pray there, Lord, for their, their strength as well, that they would continue to be the support and the strength of the families and for those who are in need. And dear Lord, we know that you are able, even um, in times such as this, that nothing is too big for you, dear God. And we know, Heavenly Father, this battle is not ours, but it is yours, and we are going to be victorious no matter what. We thank Heavenly Father about those who are bereaved at this time, those who have lost loved ones. We pray, dear Lord, that you um, provide them comfort and peace at this time. Even though it's difficult and we, we miss the, the presence of those who are with us, we pray, dear God, that for those who know you as Lord and Savior, that we know that we will see them again. We pray, Heavenly Father, that they, their lives would be an encouragement, it would be a blessing, and, and for those who knew them and for those who loved them and for those who are around them. And we continue to pray for those who are left behind, that they, if they do not know you as Lord and Savior, Heavenly Father, that they would come to know you, even through difficult situations as this. Uh, we thank, dear God, for those who are hurting financially, those who are hurting due to uh, family issues, those who are hurting, dear Lord, because of social ills. We thank you, dear God, for the, the support that you can provide. We ask that you give them comfort and peace, again, at these difficult times, Heavenly Father, because um, you alone, Heavenly Father, are one that can give us the peace, that can give us the comfort that we need to be able to overcome these challenges that we face today. I thank Heavenly Father right now of our leaders in our assembly today, our elder boards, the men on our deacons board. I bring them all before you, Heavenly Father, and I pray that you continue to provide for us, protect us, keep us safe. I pray most especially, dear God, that as we continue to work here in your vineyard, dear Lord, that you would give us the wisdom and the understanding that we need to be able to make good, sound decisions, decisions that would be God-honoring, Heavenly Father. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will continue to work as, as one body in unity, in peace and love, and the bond of peace. Thank you, dear God, for each man, for their faithfulness and for their commitment to this ministry. I think, Heavenly Father, again, of our business owners here in our assembly, those who may be facing challenges, difficulties due to the financial crisis, we pray, dear God, that you bless them, that you provide for them, and that they never forget Heavenly Father, that you are indeed near. And for those of us who are able to, that we would be able to support our fellow brothers and sisters, that we would be able to give them this, the business, uh, that we would be able to, to, to spend what we have, to be able to support them through these difficult times as well. We do appreciate, Heavenly Father, for those who are continuing to work and for the blessings that they are to us. We think of our children in our assembly today, dear Lord. Those who are going through school in this new age, Heavenly Father, of uh, technology and the challenges that it's faced and, and the difficulties that they may, may encounter, dear God. We pray that you give them the, uh, the encouragement and the strength that they need and that they, the kids would be able to stay focused and, and, and remain attentive to the, the, the teachers who are in charge of them and that they would continue to learn their lessons in a way, Heavenly Father, that they would not lose um, uh, time, that they would not lose the, the, the 
the opportunities that are being put before them, Heavenly Father. And dear Lord, we think of our teachers as well, as well who are also experiencing this new uh, environment, that, that they would also be able to have the patience and that they would be able to, to use the tools that's before them in a way that would be the benefit of our kids. And we even think about our children who are away in university and colleges at this time. We pray their protection, not only from the virus, but from all ills and all harms, and that they will continue to be a light to those around them, Heavenly Father, being able to show the love of Christ to those, their fellow students. For this we thank you, dear God. Heavenly Father, we also thank you right now for our financial position that we are in at the church. We thank you for those who have been able to continue to give, even in challenging times. We thank you, dear God, for the hearts of those who would like to give, but due to circumstances are not able to. And dear Lord, we continue to pray for our, our, our men who are tasked with managing our funds, that they would be able to do so in a way that would be able to, to continue to, for the, our assembly to meet our needs and to meet our commitments and to be able to continue to share and, and to carry on the ministries that your word and your ministries would continue to go forward, Heavenly Father. And for this, we thank you, dear God. And we know that you will be our provider and our sustainer in all things. And as we continue to pray, dear God, I bring before you our Pastor Rob today, as he will be bringing the word today. I just pray, dear Lord, that he will be able to do so in a way that is clear and concise and that one that is true to the old word, Heavenly Father. I pray, dear God, that um, our hearts will be receptive today and that we would receive your word in a way, dear God, that it will find good soil and be able to flourish. And dear God, that we would be able to use your word today to be able to grow in our faith and our knowledge and understanding of you. And dear Lord, that we'd be able to share it with those who need to hear it, to be able to be a blessing to those as we go from each day. And dear God, just to be reminded that even though sometimes our days may seem dark, you've promised us that you are there. In the deepest of valleys, you are there, dear God. In the darkest of seas, you are there. Heavenly Father, even when the arms of flesh may seem to fail us, we know that you are there and you will continue to be there for us. And for this, we are truly grateful. Thank you, dear God, and be with us now as we listen and receive your word. This is my prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9. The title for today's message is, The Heavenly Sanctuary is Better. Hebrews chapter 9 contrasts the old covenant sanctuary called the tabernacle and the new covenant sanctuary also called the heavenly sanctuary. We have quite a few good uh, thoughts to convey this morning, so I'm going to move at a rather crisp pace. I trust that you'll be able to stay with me. The contrast needed to be made between the Old Testament's tabernacle sanctuary and heaven's current heavenly sanctuary because the Jews that first read the book of Hebrews were tempted to revert to the old system, the old covenant system with Israel. And the first point I want to make in this sermon is that the old covenant sanctuary called the tabernacle was inferior to what we have now in heaven in the new sanctuary. I'm not going to read verses 1 to 10 right now, but I'd just like to tell, show you five ways from these verses that the tabernacle in heaven is greater than the tabernacle that was in the Old Testament. Number one, uh, the Old Covenant tabernacle was an earthly sanctuary. We see that in verse 1. Second, it was symbolism only of something better. 
That was verses 2 to 5. Number 3, it was inaccessible to the people, verses 6 to 7. And this old covenant tabernacle was inferior because its ministry was only an external ministry, and it did not deal with the eternal needs of the nation of Israel, verses 9 and 10. So quickly, let me survey these five I have just previewed with you. In Hebrews chapter 9. And so the first thing to see is that it was an earthly sanctuary. The Old Testament, Old Covenant tabernacle was only earthly. I see that in verse 1. Now, even the first covenant had regulations of divine worship, and here it is, the earthly sanctuary. That is, the tabernacle was a building made of materials donated by the Israelites. It was man-made. It was to be put up often and taken down often and transported to various campsites that God directed. This old covenant sanctuary inferior to the heavenly one needed repairs from time to time. It could only be at one place at one time, and it only linked, uh, was only linked to the Israelite nation's worship. That's why it was inferior to the sanctuary we have in heaven right now. Secondly, it was symbolism only of something better. Symbolism of something better, verses 2 to 5. For there was a tabernacle prepared, the outer one, in which were the lampstand and the table and the sacred bread. This is called the holy place. And behind the second veil, there was a tabernacle, which is called the holy of holies, having a golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a, jar, a golden jar holding the manna and Aaron's rod, which budded, and the tables of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. But of these things we cannot now speak in detail. So the Old Testament sanctuary called the tabernacle was inferior because it was a place of symbolism. It had a holy of holies and the Ark of the Covenant and a mercy seat and a second veil and an incense altar and a candlestick and the table of showbread and the holy place and the first veil. The third way that that tabernacle sanctuary is inferior to the current heavenly sanctuary is that it was inaccessible to the average person. Verses 6 and 7. Now, when these things have been prepared, the priests are continually entering the outer tabernacle, performing the divine worship. But into the second, only the high priest enters once a year, not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people committed in ignorance. The tabernacle was only accessed by the Jewish priests, the Levites. And only one high priest, once per year, could enter the Holy of Holies. There's a fourth way that the tabernacle sanctuary is inferior to the current heavenly sanctuary that blesses us. And that is that it was temporary. Verse 8. The Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the outer tabernacle is still standing. There were two veils inside the tabernacle that the average Jewish worshiper could not go through either of those curtains. 
And whatever good that did happen in the tabernacle, and good did happen, but whatever that good was, it was not complete work, and it was not finished work. There's a fifth way in which the former Old Testament sanctuary called the tabernacle is now inferior to what we enjoy by way of blessing in a heavenly sanctuary, and it is this. The tabernacle's ministry was external and not internal. I see that in verses 9 and 10, which is a symbol for the present time. Accordingly, both the gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience, since they relate only to food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until a time of reformation, until a time of inner reformation of a new covenant that we are blessed to live in that covenant. We are being transformed internally by the workings of the Holy Spirit in conjunction with the Holy Scriptures. The worshipers who looked to the tabernacle in Old Testament days could only have an outer washing, an outside cleansing of the body with respect to sin. And so even as the old covenant sanctuary tabernacle was inferior to the heavenly, I want to move us to what the chapter argues next, and that is the flip side of the same coin, that the new covenant sanctuary, which is also called the heavenly sanctuary, is superior to the tabernacle. Just as the inferior Old Testament sanctuary had five deficiencies, the new covenant heavenly sanctuary has five superiorities to the tabernacle. And let me cite them. Number one, it's heavenly. I see that in verse 11. Number two, its ministry is effective to deal with sin. I see that in verses 12 to 15. Number three, its ministry is based on a costly sacrifice. That's verses 16 to 23. Number four, its ministry represents fulfillment. Verse 24. And number five, its ministry is final and complete, verses 25 to 28. And as I took the inferiorities one by one, I want to take the superiorities similarly one by one. First, the heavenly sanctuary is superior to the tabernacle because it is heavenly, verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, He entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this creation. The superior sanctuary we have now is going to endure forever. And it's not been made with any human hands either. And it's not a symbol. It's a reality. The second way that the heavenly tabernacle or Sanctuary is superior to the old tabernacle is that its ministry is effective to deal with sin. Christ's blood does what animal blood could not do, wash away sins permanently. And the conscious, conscience rather, cleansing is what is required, not just a ceremonial cleansing that the Old Testament Israelites had via the tabernacle. But there's more. The heavenly 
sanctuary is superior to the old covenant sanctuary of the tabernacle because it has eternal blessings. And eternal blessings are far better than temporal blessings. What are our eternal blessings because of the workings of Christ, our high priest, in the heavenly superior tabernacle or sanctuary? Well, inheritance, all the blessings of Christ. We are inheritors of those things as joint heirs with Christ. Redemption, we've been purchased out of the slave marketplace of sin by the precious blood of Christ, not by silver or gold, which is perishable. Forgiveness, that our sins are no longer held against our account by the high priest in the heavenly sanctuary whose name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And heaven, the tabernacle was pitched in the Old Testament times in dusty, rocky Palestinian campsites. But this new heavenly sanctuary in which our high priest Jesus Christ ministers on our behalf is in the palatial wonders and perfections of heaven. Verse 15. And for this reason, he, Christ, is the mediator of a new covenant in order that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Romans 3, 23 through 26 also speaks of this blessing, the superior blessing, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation, may interject, that's a satisfactory payment, as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And so this new heavenly Sanctuary is superior to the old tabernacle sanctuary of the Old Testament because first, it's heavenly, because second, its ministry is effective in dealing with sin, and third, its ministry is based on a costly sacrifice. I'm not going to take the time to read verses 16 to 23, but when you do that on your own time, when you read verses 16 to 23, you will see that the new covenant sanctuary in which the Lord Jesus Christ acts as our high priest. He acts and serves for our benefit as our high priest in that heavenly sanctuary because of the blood he sacrificed, the costly blood that he sacrificed. And the Lord required that both by his Old Testament and by his new covenant that there would be a shedding of blood. We know from both the Old and the New Testaments that God says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And in Hebrews 9, 14, it indicates it's the blood of Jesus Christ that purifies your consciences and mine as believers in Jesus. Verse 14, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You know, when you are 
confessed up with respect to your sins, and when I am confessed up to date with respect to my sins, then our consciences are clear. We can lay our heads on our pillows at night and fall asleep without guilt, all because the shed blood of Christ ministered in the heavenly sanctuary by our high priest. And so we're seeing in this chapter that the Old Testament covenant had a sanctuary. It was called the tabernacle, but it is and always will be inferior to the new sanctuary of the new covenant ministrated by the new high priest, the high priest that ends the need for any other high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Additionally, according to verse 23, the blood of Christ also purified heavenly things. That's in verse 23. The blood of Christ purified heavenly things. Verse 23, therefore, it was necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. You say, what are the heavenly things that needed to be purified by the blood of Jesus Christ? How could the heavenly sanctuary ever have been defiled such that it would need purification? Nothing in heaven is defiled. But currently, although we physically remain on earth, and though our Lord and Savior is in heaven, we who are sinners can spiritually enter into the holy of holies in the heavenly sanctuary. Verses 19 to 22. 19 to 22. For when every commandment has been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and of the goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And in the same way, he sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry with the blood. Verse 22. And according to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So in order for you and I to be spiritually welcomed into the heavenly sanctuary, for fellowship with God, the blood of Jesus Christ has to be applied. And so in Ephesians 1, when it says that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, we are positionally seated with Christ in the heavenly places now. And so we could say, stop, not so much keep looking up, keep looking down from the heavenly places where we're seated with Christ in glory on our daily circumstances. But that's another sermon. So in order to be spiritually welcomed into this heavenly sanctuary when we are still ministering and living on earth to have fellowship with God, the blood of Jesus Christ had to be applied to us. We had to be made clean where we once were sinful and dirty. And so it is established in this chapter that the new covenant sanctuary in heaven is superior to the old covenant sanctuary, which was called the tabernacle, because the blood ministered in heaven is the most costly blood possible. The blood of Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus the Christ. And so this new heavenly sanctuary is superior to the old covenant 
uh, Jewish tabernacle because it's heavenly, because its ministry is effective to deal with sin, because its ministry is based on the most costly sacrifice, and fourth, because its ministry represents fulfillment, completion. Verse 24, for Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, tabernacle, as a mere copy of the true one, heavenly sanctuary, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Christ appears before the presence of God the Father in the heavenly sanctuary for you if you're saved, on your behalf, as your representative. Yes, this is a superior sanctuary because its ministry is is fulfillment. The tabernacle of old was a good copy of the real heavenly sanctuary, but it was just a copy. The tabernacle was carefully made according to God's specs, certainly, but it was made with human hands. The tabernacle of the Old Testament pointed to the need for a real, eternal, God-made heavenly sanctuary. And so we ought to beware of trusting anything which is made by man for the good of our spiritual lives. Let me say that again. We still must beware of anything that's just made by man that is claimed to be good for our spiritual lives. Verse 24, for Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. The reason we dare not put our trust in man-made things that are claimed to be good for our spiritual lives is because all of those man-made things won't last. The tabernacle was replaced by Solomon's temple. And then Solomon's temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. And then the temple which was built after the Babylonian captivity was destroyed by the Romans. And it has not been rebuilt since it was demolished in A.D. 70. And because the genealogical records have either been lost or destroyed, the Jews cannot now be certain who can minister as priests. They don't know who is a descendant of the tribe of Levi. The records are gone. And so it's clear. The things that are made with human hands are perishable. But the things not made with human hands, but by created by God's mercy and eternal plan of salvation, those things are trustworthy. Those things are unique. Those things are eternal. The fifth way that the heavenly sanctuary is superior to the old tabernacle is that its ministry is final and complete, verses 25 to 28. Nor was it that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood, not his own. Otherwise, he would have had to need to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27, And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, by the way, That's a good verse to give to those who believe in reincarnation or karma. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes the judgment, so Christ having been offered once 
to bear the sins of the many shall appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. By the way, this being Reformation Sunday to celebrate the Reformation and the creation of the Protestant Church out of the Roman Catholic Church, you do realize that Roman Catholic dogma teaches that every Mass, the priest mystically, miraculously turns the wafer into the actual body of Christ and the wine into the actual blood of Christ. And so doing, every single time Mass is observed in the Roman Catholic Church, it's a re-crucification Crucifixion, excuse me, a re-crucifixion of Jesus over and over and over and over and over again. And yet these verses stress once. He gave his blood once. Once. And so when we come to the Lord's Supper, we remember once. We don't repeat and repeat and repeat sacrifice and bloodshedding and crucifixion for our Savior. Not all churches are the same. And in heaven, just get, get our, fix our eyes back on heaven. In heaven, there is no under construction sign anywhere in heaven. There is nothing out of stock in heaven, nothing back ordered in heaven. There's no such thing as being temporary in heaven. No part of the Lord Jesus Christ's ministry now in heaven is less than finalized. Now, quickly, I want us to see the superiority of the new covenant heavenly sanctuary over the old covenant tabernacle in a chart or um, contrast very quickly. Under the old, it was repeated sacrifices. The new has one sacrifice. Under the old, the blood of others. The new, his own blood. Under the old, covering sin. New, putting away sin. Old for Israel only. New for all sinners. Old left the holy of holies. New entered heaven and remains there. Old came out to bless the people. New will come down to take his people up to heaven. Old existed because of do, do, do. New exists because of done, done, done. The real thing in heaven, the copy only in the tabernacle. The old covenant was temporary. The new covenant is forever. You see, there's many contrasts between the new covenant in which we live and serve and worship and the old covenant that the Israelites had under the law with the tabernacle. And so in closing, I want you to look again with me quickly at verses 24 to 28. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor was it that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood, not his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the consummation of the ages, he has been made manifest to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, And after this comes judgment. So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of the many, shall appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. You may have noticed as I read those verses that words appear, manifested, are used three times in those verses. In verse 24, the word appear. In verse 26, the word manifested. And in verse 28, the word appear. And so here in these verses, we have a summary of our Lord Jesus Christ's work. 
Verse 26, Christ has been manifested to put away sin by his dying on the cross. That's past tense. Verse 24, Christ is appearing now in heaven for us. That's present tense. And verse 28, Christ will appear to take Christians home to heaven some fine day. That's the future tense. And to say what I've been saying for weeks now in the book of Hebrews, the first readers of the epistle to the Hebrews were converted Jews, and they had a decision to make when they faced persecution. And the decision was to return to Judaism, which they knew well and which they had been a part of, or to sit on the fence and try to blend the best of Judaism and the best of faith in Christ, or the right decision, stay with the message of the cross, the message that they had already embraced by faith. In a manner of speaking, church, the choices which the Jews that first read Hebrews had are the same choices that we have in 2020. Are we going to select the heavenly or the earthly? Are we going to pick the eternal or the temporary? Are we going to side with the complete or with the incomplete? We all know that 2020 has been an incredibly unexpected and difficult year. At every turn, we understand that. We're living it. But I just want to encourage you, whether you're watching at home or you're here in the sanctuary, I want to encourage us that really to side with the heavenly, to side with the eternal, to side with the complete requires eyes of faith. If we go through this pandemic with just eyes on the low horizon, eyes on our circumstances, eyes on our inconveniences, eyes on our fears, we are not going to come through this pandemic very well as Christians. But if we'll elevate our, our view above the horizon to the heavenly, to the eternal, to the complete, oh, then with the eyes of faith, we could come through this pandemic and be an encouragement, a testimony, a gospel witness to others. Because the believer's father is in heaven, unseen. Because the believer's savior is now in heaven, unseen. Because the believer's real sanctuary is in heaven, unseen. Because the believer's citizenship is in heaven, unseen. Because the believer's mansions are in heaven, unseen. Because the believer's true treasures are in heaven, unseen. Because the believer's forever reunions are in heaven, unseen. Because the believer's hope is in heaven, unseen. All of these unseen things are not unreal. <laughs> They're real. We just don't see them yet. We only can see them with the eyes of faith looking at Scripture. And so here's what I'd like to leave us with from Hebrews chapter 9. No matter how many things seem unsettled on earth, we can be confident because everything is settled in heaven. No matter how unsettled you are on earth, you can be confident knowing that everything with respect to you is settled in heaven. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that the scriptures record aright. Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man 
the things which you have prepared for those who love you. May we be persons who trust you for salvation and love you for sanctification in these difficult days. In Jesus' name, our high priest in the heavenly sanctuary's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rob, for that reminder to us that no matter how unsettling things become on earth, we have the assurance that they are settled in heaven where our God sits on his throne. And thank you, brothers and sisters in Christ, for continuing to be faithful uh, to the Lord in your giving to his work here at Calvary Bible Church. And you do that by his grace to resist the temptation to not be generous or even sacrificial during these days of uncertainty economically, knowing that the Lord is faithful, that the Lord is our provider, and he will take care of us. We see online that we still have an option to give uh, through online banking, and that information is up on the screen for those of us who wish to give to the Lord and his work that way. And we certainly thank those of you who are giving that way. Our offertory scripture is taken from Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, and it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let's pray. Dear God, you are indeed the creator of all things, and by virtue of that fact, you own all things. You own us, not, even, not just by creation, but also by redemption. You redeemed those of us who have been chosen by you from the foundation of the world. You have redeemed us through the precious blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And for this, we give you thanks. All that we are, all that we have belongs to you. And so take these gifts that we give Take us, Lord, as living sacrifices, and may you be pleased with our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's uh, stand together uh, as we sing our closing hymn. And the line that says, When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. Let's sing together. Yeah.
team and it is indeed my prayer that today you are grounded in the solid rock of Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you again for those who are with us today in sanctuary. Thank you to those who have been with us over the internet today. We thank you for sharing this time with us that we were able to worship our Lord and our Savior in such a way as this. And as we close our benediction today is taken from Romans chapter 15 verse 13. Now May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. May you have a blessed week and may you also be a blessing to those around you.